everybody, Cable Smith, welcoming each and every one of you into episode 65 of Justified Pursuit. It's great to be here with you. It's great to see a good counselor, a longtime friend, elk hunting buddy. Been friends, what, almost 20 years now, Chisholm? Uh, how are you doing today, my friend? I think we're over 20 years now. Uh, life is good old. again, man. Um, feeling good. Everybody in the house is healthy. The sun is shining in the hill country. And uh, yeah. we're getting to talk today to uh, uh, some freedom fighting, well, a freedom fighting Canadian part of the trucker convoy. Those guys just like, uh, man, it really just fills my heart with uh, hope and optimism for humanity that there's people rising up and taking a stand against this crap, you know. Um, we had a little ice storm here last week, and it was like... Uh, Everyone was suffering from PTSD from last year's snowmageddon because they canceled school on Thursday and Friday before the storm ever even hit. And in 40 years of living in Texas, that's never been a thing. Yeah. Yep. They were all the national news was talking about our faulty electric grid, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Everything was pretty much all right. I-20 through um, oh, like west of Abilene got pretty jacked up a bunch of. Like like twenty miles of I twenty was like bumper to bumper standstill for like two days, because I guess it's kind of in a valley on either end, and a bunch of trucks slid trying to go uphill, which then backed everything up, and so twenty miles of highway got backed up, and they couldn't get in there to shovel it or you know to scrape it. So hmm. uh, on, that's like the worst thing I heard about. On Friday night, we were I took the kids to dinner. Aaron was working, and uh, we're coming back and. We come to this little, this hill and we, I mean, the ice, there was ice on the roads and stuff. And it wasn't, I mean, it was justified that they canceled school. I've just never seen them do it before. Like the morning of you turn on the TV. Oh, is your district canceled or is it delayed? Closed. Late arrival, whatever. Yeah. Um, they know they just did it on Wednesday, like midday schools canceled for two days. But anyway, the, the uphill part where there was a bunch of shade, there was a lot of ice and there were cars just stuck, like sliding up. And I just put it in four wheel drive. And said, kids, watch this. I was like, woohoo, you losers. And we drove past them all. Then I said, now let's be. And they were all, the kids were like, dad's awesome. And I was like, okay. But that that was funny. But now we're going to turn around and we're going to go push all those cars out. And nice. so we stopped. And there's one guy, he was he was in a sedan. And I was like, um, I have a tow rope. I live like three minutes away, which why it wasn't in the truck. I got the truck cleaned after hunting season. It's just sitting in the driveway. But I was like, I'll go get it and I'll pull you out. And he's like, oh, my buddy's dad's coming. Um, if you'll just help push me when he gets there here. But he has a tow rope. Dude, I was like, I'm looking at his car. There's no place to put a tow rope. Like, rip his bumper right off. Yeah. So we ended up, him, uh, his buddy's dad, and, and I just pushed him. And then we just went car to car, car, just pushing them all. The kids are, I have the flashers on. The kids are sitting in the other lane. Just They're all just like, yeah, yeah, go, dad, go, dad. Good job, man. That's yeah, cool. It was fun. And then, yeah. and then I went home and got the tow rope. I was like, let's go get more people. We didn't have anything else to do. Um, and I was having a good time doing it. And everyone's honking, you know, if you're helping them. And I came back and someone had called the city of McKinney because they had four salt trucks. Like, like there was no one getting stuck at that point. And that was like 10 minutes. So anyway, good job. I was man. a little disappointed. I wanted to help more people. <laughs> yeah, It was fun, though. I had a good time. I hadn't done a, like a, a real like good Samaritan act like that um, in a while. I guess just hadn't had the opportunity yeah um but yeah that was fun 
my favorite part about the ice anyway um <laughs> we got a lot to talk about today in addition to having uh clinton Dooley jump on with us from ottawa i think he's he's from alberta and is going back and forth between the freedom convoy i want to start with this because i saw this yesterday and i, I just mind absolutely blown that the biden administration is going to spend 30 million dollars on crack pipes crack pipes and drug kits in the name and this is the best part Chisholm, in the name of racial equity equity i don't i mean well first of all they probably could get a jump start on that if they just raided hunter biden's stash of crack pipes uh could pass out quite a few of those and probably make a good dent in their their effort but yeah, but they're trying to be sanitary. Yeah, I would imagine that uh, Hunter's crack pipes probably got a few bugs crawling around them. $30 million is a lot of dirty. money. You and I have talked about it. Tent cities, even your woke sister finally was like, Austin has to get rid of these tent cities. Like, yeah. it's it. All it does is condone open drug use. That doesn't help people. All that does is create an environment of crime and just absolute destitution by everyone uh, residing there. So here we, here we have just, we're going to enable drug users. We're going to give them the tools to continue to use drugs instead of help them out and get them back on their feet. Man, I, um, I certainly want to address this, but I don't even have words for it. Like, we know they've done this, this in, in San Francisco. Well, it's been happening in San Francisco and Seattle well, for needles, a long right? time now. Have we, uh, we haven't actually been passing out pipes. I don't know about cracks pipes in particular, but you know something to this effect, right? Making certain sanctuary areas for shooting up and um, definitely passing out needles because that kind of makes, it doesn't make any sense. Obviously, people share needles. It makes more sense than this, right? I, dude, for it to happen at a federal level, you know, I've only seen it reported. I think the I think the first place was the Daily Mail, which you know is half tabloid ish. But they well, I saw at a least of, six different websites reporting I, it. So that, I'm just saying that was the first, and it's on yeah. a bunch of others. But I haven't seen it. I haven't seen something like on a link, like a press release from the White House, right? I haven't seen something from CNN, who is the talking, you know, the the state media arm of this administration. But I'm not saying that's not real. I think it is real. We talked about this an episode or two ago, how they'll float this ridiculous crap out like, oh, we're going to give the uh, families of people who are separated at the border a half a million dollars. That was real. And the shit storm that it created was so, you know, intense that they immediately bailed from it. I have no doubt that this has been thrown out there. I also have almost no doubt it won't end up happening because I can't imagine. Dude, there's this isn't there's there's nobody in America that's not the most left wing progressive. Ninety five percent of whom are you know what's really you know you know like you know how they they say like if uh, these these anti racist uh, you know social justice warriors that they say that like if okay if if thirteen percent of America is is black then everything you can break down should show up 13% black, right? Like there should be 13% of all attorneys are, are black and pilots and this, that, right? You know, what's a really racist subcategory of Americans is hardcore progressive leftists. Cause they're like 98% white spoiled purple headed 
gender confused white kids. <laughs> I, I, other than them, I don't who there's no black people in America that support giving out crack pipes to black. They people. would have to look at this and be like, that's racist. Dude, I, I, all it's going to do know, in, in the name of equity uh, is keep the people that are, are downtrodden and, quote, oppressed, downtrodden and oppressed. Like, I, I showed not, it to Ashley yesterday. Back from it. I showed it to Ashley yesterday and she gets so tired of me wanting to drag her into this crap. But this is one of oh, those where she too. just was like, her eyes just like got wide open. She goes, I just showed her the, I showed her the headline on my phone. Right. I didn't say anything. And she read it and her, like her brow furrowed. And then she like, you could watch her read it again. And her eyes like got big. And she was like, <laughs> is that an effing joke? And I was like, I don't think so. This seems real. Yeah. You know, she was just mind boggled, but I like anybody out there, anybody lefties democrats that are listening there's probably not many of you that have made it through 65 episodes of this <laughs> if there's left, one please email us if you have a loved one that is a left progressive like if this doesn't show you that they're trying like hell to destroy the fabric of american society then you are comatose like not just asleep not just blue pilled you're in an effing coma. You might need to check your pulse. COVID might have already killed you. This yeah. is it's insanity, dude. <laughs> and we have detailed how the crack epidemic, which may very well have been like a deliberate plot by the deep state to create racial division, to justify the need for the 1994 crime bill that Joe Biden authored that put more black men in jail for drug crimes than anything else you can name mm -hmm. and decimated an entire generation and separated men from their families. Right. Like they did all that. And now they're doing this. It's just the same playbook. It's like version 2.0. How do we, <laughs> they call conservatives, the oppressors. And then they do this sort of thing and they call it equity and they, they call it like something regarding freedom. But yeah. they know, they know that they're just making another generation of people dependent on crack. And, 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 and essentially, too. okay, if you're dependent on crack, you're dependent on the government, which is what they want. They want you sucking <sighs> off the government teat. And they want to give you just enough to keep you in poverty for in perpetuity. Um, you mentioned your wife and... So last night I'm I'm trying to watch the the Mavericks play and she's like I want to watch the Olympics and I said I don't want to watch the Kami Olympics. I was like look at the have you seen pictures of the the ski slope like Beijing <laughs> doesn't get any snow. Why are they having the winter Olympics in the capital of the beacon that screams communism for the entire world? Like I well yep. because people just like oh it's China we're just going to pander to them. We're going to cower to them. And then you see the picture of the the uh the men's ski jump and it, there's just factories. There's this one white ski jump and then there's just factories everywhere <laughs> like smokestacks. Yep. I'm like, this is not the Olympics. The opening ceremony ratings were down 49%. Good. The first two days of viewing down 60% Good. from, I think Sochi was the last Olympics, uh, winter Olympics. I couldn't be happier. And I'm not, I, I hope the team USA does phenomenal. I'm not interested in watching a lick of it. I'm not going to support China. I hope that it falls flat on its face. I haven't said the F word. I'm not going to say it now, but that's what I'm thinking. China. <clears throat> yeah, I, I'm not watching it. Um, mm. 
I felt kind of bad because we really didn't watch the Summer Olympics either until we all got together with our friends at the river and they had been watching it. So we watched some stuff in the evenings together. But um, I mean, I say feel bad because it's, you know, I remember watching the Olympics as a kid and always thinking it was cool. Right. And so making sure my kids are watching, you know, America do its thing. Um, And no matter how much the news tried to make all of our athletes woke, most of them were, you know, all but you know, a couple of soccer players and, oh, that one, uh, what was she, a shot putter that was um, all anti-America. The rest of them were, like, proud as they could be to be there. Anyway. Um, but I had yeah, to tell had- my wife, I was like, I'm not interested in this. You know, she's like, well, why? And I'm like, here's the F China thing came back into play. Yeah. Not supporting China. You saw the mayor of New York City – Eric Adams was I how did this not come out when the guy was was running for office I have no idea but it's since come out and this is from 2019 when the dude was running for office can you imagine Chisholm if a conservative said something to this effect I'm going to play it for you uh, one sec here and here he is. And this is when he's campaigning to become mayor. And he's, I guess he's worked his way up pretty high in the NYPD police force. Every day in the police department, I kicked those crackers' ass, man. I was unbelievable in the police department when he one of the black law enforcement. And the sergeant, a lieutenant, and the captain. Blah, 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 blah. You became really high up in the police department after kicking those crackers' ass. Yeah um you can't cancel the left chisholm rules are rules well i mean we know the rules of anti-racism that's not even racist because he's a black man and therefore he has no power even though he's the mayor of the biggest city on the planet uh or not the biggest but the biggest city in the united states and one of the biggest most powerful cities on the planet um because he's black he has no power and therefore he cannot be racist that's the new definition of racism thank you uh authors of newspeak or editors of newspeak yeah, I don't know, man. That that's uh, you asked. I don't know how he got a. This didn't get thrown in his face during like the campaign. My guess would be, um, because everybody he ran against was so far left of him that they didn't see anything wrong with it, and so they didn't <laughs> consider it like oppo research. And you know, the one Republican that you know was ever in the race, you know, probably had fifteen bucks to spend, and you know, didn't have the staff to track it down. I don't know. Probably fifteen votes to go along with it. Uh, yeah. he, he also called himself in the past week the uh, Biden of Brooklyn. And I laughed at that because I was like, maybe someone on his staff should tell him to look at Biden's approval rate. Ixnay on the Iden Bay, yeah. Mr. Mayor. Biden of yeah. Brooklyn. Okay, Eric Adams. Great job there. Uh, Dude, maybe it works there. I mean, we've pointed out how, you know, everybody with an effing brain has gotten out of there as fast as they could. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Um, what about the dumpster fire that has become CNN over the past week? <laughs> it's my favorite soap opera, man. <laughs> it is my favorite drama to watch the implosion of that network. That is like nobody has earned a kick in the D on this level, like the CNN. That they are uh, reaping what they've sowed and. Um, yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So they, beautiful they're, thing. they're, uh, I, I guess CEO Zucker was 
outed for sexual misconduct or whatever it was. I mean, yeah, uh, he basically had a long term, like multi-year affair with a lady who I it's not totally clear, or at least I haven't heard if they had the affair when she before she started there. So she was a she was on Governor Andrew Cuomo's staff at one point. That's how she got to know Zucker is what I remember hearing. Um, she ends up going to work there. And the next thing you know, like in six or eight months, she's rocketed up to an executive position. And the whole, the, the crazy oh, thing that is. That sounds so, like Kamala. Katie Couric wrote about this in a personal memoir that did, she wait, wrote Wait, did you say her worked your way or sucked your way up? I mean, what's the difference, right? She's a working girl. <laughs> she's a working, working girl. girl. Whatever you want to call it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so like... It, Katie Cork had written about this a few years back in her memoir after she retired that there was this clear, you know, what seemed to be, you know, what was evident. Like they've been in 2019, they were together at a, I think a Billy Joel concert somewhere mm. and there's photographs of it, right? Like it wasn't a secret within the news organization, but what happened was so, you know, they, they did the thing during COVID where Chris Cuomo, Fredo, Right. Mm -hmm. Was having his brother on, which was a violation of the company's policy. CNN had a policy that and that Chris Cuomo could not interview his brother because right. of the impropriety obvious journalistic conflict of interest, obvious journalistic conflict of interest. Right. But they were like, ah, screw it. It's covid and he's doing such a great job. This is a lot of fun. He just got an this. Emmy. Right. So they started having him on and they had this, you know, J.O. session every other night or whatever the hell it was. Throughout that summer, session. that I like that. Throughout that summer, that Governor Cuomo was killing all the old people in New York State, um, they were celebrating him despite that. And uh, so then, you know, in the midst of all that, Andrew Cuomo is being hit with these allegations of sexual misconduct himself. His brother, in addition to violating ethics rules by bringing him on the air to talk about COVID stuff, is behind the scenes on company time, even using company resources doing oppo research on these ladies he had actual like staffers in his show looking up like digging in doing investigations into these women that were making these claims against his brother so he could throw dirt at them you know monica Lewinsky style and try to make them into you know lying devils right and then right. you know advising the cuomo team on how to combat you know me too allegations despite both of those men having been like the biggest blowhards about me too stuff there was back in 2017, 18 or whatever that was the Kavanaugh era. So anyway, that all finally reaches ahead. I mean, the news had come out like last summer and they kept him around. I was listening to Megan Kelly the other day and she replayed a clip, which I remember hearing at the time from last summer when these allegations kind of of Chris Cuomo's role first broke, and in CNN standing by him, Jeff Zucker in particular standing by him, and she called it. She was like, what's up with Jeff Zucker? Somebody's got some dirt on him. The Cuomo's have some dirt on him. That's the only excuse for this. Fast forward six months later, Chris Cuomo is trying to get paid. He's trying to get his contract paid out in full right. for wrongful termination. Right? I saw they're going to pay him $9 million in hush money, but then I saw another headline that says he wants $60 million. He wants sixty. They must have offered him nine. And he was like, his threat was, if you don't pay me out in full, I will burn you down with this affair that you've been having and these wrongful promotions that you've given this woman 
based on y'all's sexual relationship. They tried to call his bluff. This is the Cuomo's. This is a hit job by the Cuomo's, the gangster Cuomo brothers against Jeff Zucker, which somehow puts me on Team Cuomo all of a sudden. <laughs> it's really a, confusing, man. A I weird don't know. Twist of fate. Uh, that is. Yeah, um, it's like you mentioned me too. I'm so glad I haven't heard about that in so long. Like, thank you. The one thing Kamala certainly did was cancel me too when she said that she was going to run with Biden, who like. I don't know, three months before that was like Biden sexually. She was like, yeah, he. I believe those women that say that he sexually assaulted them. <laughs> believe all women unless they're accusing a Democrat. That's how the, yeah. that's that's the rest of the, the rule that nobody always sort of shorten it for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now Jeff Zucker is out the good dude. So we, I think we might have touched on this, but a lot this all this stuff has been playing out sort of subtly at least in the media that I consume for, for many, many months now. Are they going to try to do news again? Yeah, they are. So, so who owns it? Um, I think ABC owns no AT and T. AT and T owns CNN. They may own ABC for that matter. AT and T is one of those five companies that rules the whole world, right? So AT and T owns CNN, and they've been trying to sell them to Disney. The CEO of Disney already has a huge stake in CNN, and he had come out two months I ago. Pfizer owned CNN. I guess I got that wrong. <laughs> well, uh, you know. <laughs> they certainly pay the bills uh, and therefore get really nice coverage. Um, but no, yeah, the parent company is AT&T and Discovery has an interest in their, they're basically buying out the majority interest from AT&T and the CEO of Disney, I mean, Discover, Discovery might actually be an open Trump supporter. I, I might be misstating that part but he's definitely more conservative and he was already making noises. As soon as the, the news hit the quote street, right. That discovery discovery was making this move to get the controlling interest in CNN. This guy starts talking about how it's a real shame what they've done to that network. And I'd love to see it restored to an actual news outlet, right. Straight up calling them propagandists. Right. And like that put the target on Zucker's back, before any of this scandal stuff broke out, right? Right. Um, but the truth is, when you was hear- Was Zucker the one that uh, in the was on the uh, Project Veritas phone call when he was like- Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was leading those weekly calls that Veritas had hacked into. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's like, okay, and we're going to go ahead and hang up here and we'll distribute out another line. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Which, that was- Zucker. We know so, that this is not true, but we're going to go with that anyway. All these media in, in, insider types like Megyn Kelly, you know, that, that have contacts in CNN, people who talk to them, you know, off the record about what's really going on inside. You know, it's not it's not an ideological lockstep organization. There are people in there of all walks of life that are just doing a job that don't like what's happened. Right. And they are saying basically that the down what we have seen of CNN has been Jeff Zucker's doing like he basically empowered these lefty journalists to go completely off the reservation. And apparently AT&T had been bitching about it. AT&T is based up in your neck of the woods in DFW, right? Corporate headquarters. Yeah. And they've been bitching about it for a couple of years now that they had gone, uh, you know, straight full of crap propaganda. And it was Jeff Zucker who was defending these people. Apparent to a man and woman, most of the folks that work for him, like Jake Tapper, uh, is upset. Uh, you know, basically everybody but Cuomo is upset because this guy provided 
apparently he was a great guy to work for. He would check in with people like on a daily basis, tell them how great they were doing, you know, tell them all the time that he had their back. Like he was a caring boss who was, you know, involved in their lives and in their, in their careers. Right. And shielding them from criticism across the board. So the whole place is a mess. Apparently Chris Wallace who jumped ship from Fox to be, to like anchor one of their new online platform uh, shows is furious because the only reason he made the move was to work for Jeff Zucker and he was snowed by it. And, oh, it's just drama, drama, drama. It's awesome. He, but yeah, but he's not furious about him getting fired, right? Like, doesn't sound just, like it. No. I mean, I mean that's the funny you, thing, right? Is like, like, like with um, that kind of corruption, how could you? Yeah. Was the, was, I guess Zucker was married. Yeah. Uh, I think so. Yeah. I think so, he's married. So. Or certainly he was at least at some point where he was having this relationship. I, I don't. Yeah. I, I know I've heard Whatever. he was having an affair, which. Yeah. Would so there's the CNN dumpster fire. We'll see if they get back to actually actually uh, reporting real news. I, I think it's going to take there's... a wholesale turnover. Yeah, like Lemon has to go. Anderson Cooper has to go. Um, they can't get rid of those you, guys. They won't get rid of those guys. Well, that's the thing is like, how do they do that without just further? Remember when I called you or text you? it was after we recorded last week and i was like i just watched like 10 minutes of don lemon and i wanted to punch through this tv screen yeah like, i don't i, I think i can't i can't stand him dude he's, he's so smug well oh. and, and you can just go back like five years and listen to the things he said about race and stuff like that and now listen to the things he says now and he's just such a sellout punk mm-hmm. dude speaking of he has his own nice you know rap sheet of allegations against him one guy who's taking him to court as we speak for grabbing him in the crotch in the at Hamptons or whatever at a bar. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's on par for that network. Good dudes. All of them. <laughs> um, Joe Rogan briefly. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I watched since apology our... for saying the N word. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Sen- and right. you and I talked about off the air that. Yeah, there was a bad joke he made in there about Planet of the Apes, okay? And bad then, joke. Like, and not, then okay. he apologized for saying... He's never joked about the N-word. He's never called anyone the N-word. He basically said, you know, in what context can you say the N-word and you, or you can't say it? Um, it? It's like the football coach that says, guys, you please stop saying that, that word, but he actually says the word. He's not calling anybody that word. I think it was uh, TCU's coach that that gotten hot water for that um i think yeah well so what they did was and, and the, here's the thing this has been out for quite a while right you and i mm-hmm. were talking the other day offline and you know which you also mentioned on the show our last episode that you haven't you've probably watched 10 rogan episodes right and you yeah. kind of made the comment oh you know you really feel like the last couple of years he's been kind of going to war against this leftism and i was like man i started listening to him five years ago and i can tell you he's been you know, the spear point of anti-woke, anti-cancel culture stuff for for forever, right? Uh, this is not new. And, you know, like they went hard after him when he had Abigail Schreier on to talk about her book about transgender stuff. They went hard after him when, um, you know, in the same context, he was, you know, criticizing the fact that MMA, some MMA organization let a man who, you know, transitioned in his 40s pummel, like crack a lady's skull, right? Mm-hmm. Like he has taken stands that are anti-woke and has caused a certain amount of hate coming. This montage of him using the N-word had been put together many years ago now. It's, it's, it's a few years old. 
But, but he's it, not really using the N-word. No, to clarify, I don't want people to the understand. Word, yeah, he's saying the actual word in context. Yeah. Many of the instances he's quoting, uh, he's quoting Richard Pryor, who actually had a, a special with the N-word in the name of the special, right? Right. He's talking about, he's talking mostly from a comedic perspective, people using it, or talking from a philosophical perspective. In one instance, he's like, isn't it strange that a whole group of people aren't allowed to say the n-word right but he says the word right to your point he's never calling anybody that he's not ever using it derogatorily against anybody if you play the whole clip each time he's just not here's the thing man i think joe rogan in his heart of hearts is a free speech absolutist who believes that as an as a free human being in american society he should be able to say whatever words he wants Mm -hmm. understanding if they're hurtful words if they're inappropriate words, whatever, maybe there's some consequences, but you can't control his mind, right? So when he would say it, because I remember hearing him say it, listening, you know, to his episodes and always thinking, because we're programmed to do this, right? Like, oh, there's Joe kind of deliberately, he wasn't using it in a racist way, but he was clearly saying the word out loud because he was like, screw you, you can't tell me I can't say a word. Mm-hmm. especially if i'm quoting somebody especially if i'm trying to make a point right right and in the meantime you know there was that there was a harvard editor a harvard i mean not harvard a new york times editor who had been part of the new york times for like three decades that got fired just like two years ago in fact i'm pretty sure joe talked about it for having a conversation with some of the young staff on some trip they were on together maybe he was teaching a class I think he was actually, I think he was a professor as maybe like an NYU professor slash editor at the New York Times. And he was on some trip and uh, used the word in context as an explanation to something or other. And this 19 year old girl flipped her wig and he got himself fired from the New York Times over it. Right. So I think Joe was at that time of the opinion and taking the position. I'm not using it racistly. Everybody knows I'm not a racist. My best friend that I travel all over the country doing comedy with is Dave Chappelle, who uses it like every third sentence that comes out of his mouth, yeah. right? And that montage has already put together, been put together. It didn't make a dent. The only reason it is back now, the only reason it is back now is because they're trying to shut him up because of the things he's bringing people on to say about vaccines. They fear what they can't Period. control. And they, they cannot, cannot control, control him. Joe. They can't control him. He has more people that listen to every episode of his show. 11 million CNN has watchers all day. Long. 1 million, 11 That's million right. to 1 million. Think about it. They don't it. have a single show making over a million right now. Not a you single show. That, uh, that I saw Barbara Streisand was the latest to say, oh, I want my stuff taken off of uh, Spotify. You think Bye. she's getting 11 million hits twice a week? No. That's 22 million downloads every week from Joe. Right. They're yep. in an artist in the world, Adele. I mean, you name it, that's not happening. You know, it's so yep. th- he's their cash cow. Um, but he did apologize for right. so he puts being, out an apology. Yeah. Yeah. Which was like, but you weren't really being a racist, Joe. So why apologize for that? So he, so he, you know, he so he kind of towed a little bit of a line. He was firm at first explaining these things were taken out of context and they were all mushed together. He's like, but listen, I have to admit that when you hear it like that, it sounds terrible. And it does. Listen to it. Mm-hmm. It sounds terrible. Right. He knows that it was done to him on purpose. Right. Right. But then when you marry it to what I think was the actual mistake he made, which was like 11 years ago, I guess in 2010 or 11, 
he had recorded an episode with another comedy buddy of his and that guy's wife, who's also a comedian. And they were talking about going to watch Planet of the Apes and they said something terrible. I'm not even going to recant it, but yeah. suffice it to say, he compared the show Planet of the Apes to being in a black community. And it was a bad, ugly joke. I believe comedians should be able to go on the stage and say whatever they want. This wouldn't have gotten laughs. It was not funny. It was He was probably baked out of his mind and yeah. said something that as soon as it came out, he was trying to but grab it. But he deleted it. that. He deleted episode, it at whatever. the time. It never, you know, it was probably online for like a day. And he, you know, I think he'd even addressed it. I think my point is like, if all they had on him was a montage of him using the N-word out of context, maybe they didn't bring him to heel like they did over the weekend. But when you coupled it with this terrible joke, it's the only joke he's ever made that they could try to point to and say, oh, look how racist he is, you know? Mm-hmm. The two together, it made him feel like he had to respond, right? And like we talked about last week, the dude cares deeply about people. He cares deeply about being as, you know, about having a broad audience where people from all walks of life are willing and want to listen to his conversations and all that, right? And, you know, there probably are some people who are like, oh man, that's ugly, Joe, you know? So he apologized for it. I think he, you know, I don't think you should have to apologize for the rest of your life for a mistake you made in 11 years ago, right? That's not reality in 2022. And right. it hasn't been reality for the last five, six, seven years. That's what they, they want you to, to kneel and to be, you know, to, to basically submit forever, right, over one mistake. So he needs to stop apologizing going forward for both of those things. But I don't have any problem with the fact that he apologized this time for those things. In the midst of this shitstorm he's in, the dude is still a human, right? He has been raked over the coals with this Spotify crap for a couple of weeks now because of the conversations he's been having. The one thing he said that I took issue with in his apology, I don't care that he apologized for using the N-word. Like I said, sure. I don't use it even when I'm referring to it in those terms. I'll say the N-word if we're having a conversation where it's even relevant. Right. It hardly is ever relevant, right? I definitely don't have any problem with him apologizing for the Planet of the Apes thing because that was terrible. But when he said, if you're having to explain that you're not a racist, then you, you effed something up. I woke up Saturday morning, dude, and it was the first thing on my phone. And so I watched it because I was a little uh, concerned about the direction things were going to the point we had last week about the disclaimer on these podcasts, right? So I'm like, oh, crap, an apology from Joe. What does it say? And when he said that, it like ruined my morning. I was just like, oh, dude, Joe, you know, that's not true. Why did you say that? Right. Your best friend. You say that you've got so many black friends. Now, I think <clears throat> they would never call the guy was the guy was speaking off the cuff, right? I think that if he has if he chooses to address that again, he would probably agree. I, I didn't mean to say if you're being called a racist, that means you effed up. I think what he probably meant was if you're getting hammered and you look at the situation and you're having to, you know, and you feel the need to explain it then maybe you effed something up because Mm. you're having to, you feel the need to defend yourself. You know what I mean? Like, and that's where I go back to like, I wonder if he'd have felt the need to defend himself just on the N word montage. If it hadn't been also for the terrible planet of the apes joke, I don't know that he would have right. That was like drug back out of nowhere. Cause it's like he said, he kind of thought that he had deleted it and taken care of it either way. You know, all of his friends have come to his back hashtag, you know, hashtag I'm with Joe is trending. I think that's what it is. Team Joe or something like that. Uh, I was listening to Dave Smith, who's also a comedian and like the 
hardcore libertarian who he pointed the same thing I did out. He was like, he should not have said that. I don't have any problem with the take on any of the rest of that stuff. He agrees that you shouldn't, you know, he doesn't agree with the notion that you can't use the N word in context uh, if you're making a point, but he defers to Joe and his own sensibilities on that. But he was like, yeah, he, he shouldn't be saying that long. The main point here is that I was just wondering, all right, what's going to happen next? Cause there's no doubt Joe got, I mean, you can look at the comments on the video on Instagram and there was 50, 53,000 comments. I think by the time I saw it Saturday morning and you know, 95% of them were people telling him way to be a stand-up guy, you know, or you shouldn't be apologizing for this, Joe, or everybody knows that this is bullshit, Joe, right? There was nobody in there that was saying you should be canceled for this, right? I, everybody was either proud of him for being a stand-up guy and owning a mistake or saying you didn't even make a mistake, dude. This is just a smoke show, right? Yeah. So anyway, I was wondering where it would go. And then before we logged on, I saw he had dropped an episode yesterday and I haven't listened to it yet. It's a, one of his, just, it's a comedian guy he has on. And apparently in that, um, in that episode, he called it a political hit job that's going on with him right now, which it is, dude. This is a it's, guy who's no a doubt. lifelong Democrat who voted. I think he voted, um, independent in the last election on based off of a podcast. I heard him where he actually said that. And then I'm thinking, dude, this is so I don't want to say great. It's not great for Joe, but if you want to talk about red pilling somebody, do you think he'll over he'll ever vote Democrat again after what they're doing to him right now? I don't think so. How could he? They're trying to cancel the so. guy. I mean, I think he would say he'll take he'll he'll vote on individuals. Uh he, he's know. not gonna vote blue. He, I'll look say at this. What the woke mob has got uh, Joe yeah. square in their crosshairs. Dude, I so you know I'm wearing this uh tar and feather tyrants. Fauci t-shirt I sent you one and uh I the, the goalie on my soccer team I sent it to our group text and th he's the one that's his nine-year-old son's vaccinated and he believes everything Fauci and the CDC says is truth and I said don't worry Scott I ordered you a 2x and he sent back he he sent back a shirt that said tar and feather spreaders of misinformation and he had my picture on the shirt and Joe Rogan's and I was like oh that's good company <laughs> But he yeah, doesn't, he's absolutely. never listened to anything Joe Rogan's ever said, dude. He believes that Joe Rogan eats horse pace. That's what he believes. Yeah. He, he has no idea what he actually stands for as far as free speech, screw censorship. And then nobody who's, nobody who's duped by any of this nonsense uh, has a clue about him either. Yeah, well, Anybody who's spent any time listening to the man knows better, right? Anybody yeah. who just looks at his episodes and looks at how many people of color have, you know, had their careers made by being affiliated just in Joe's orbit, dude. All of these people that are coming out in support of him are like, I wouldn't be who I am right now if it wasn't for this man. You know, right. like he, he has made careers just out of the goodness of his heart, man. Like it's ridiculous. So he said in the yesterday's episode, apparently this is a Yahoo article. They're taking all this stuff I've ever said that's wrong and smushing it all together. Uh, it's good because it makes me address some stuff that I really wish, wish, wish wasn't out there. But then in his, in a, uh, standup, I think last night that he did in Austin, you know, he's doing shows in Austin, you know, practicing his new material and stuff. He had a quote where he said, uh, I used it to, I used, I used to say it. If I was talking about a Richard Pryor bit or something, I would say it in context. He said, I haven't used that word in years, but it's kind of weird. People will get really, well, I guess this was from the apologies. It's really mad. No, I think this is from the standup. 
it's kind of weird. People will get really mad if you use that word and tweet about it on a phone that's made by slaves. In other words, you know, in a Chinese sweatshop, right? Mm -hmm. Then and so he, he also says, I talk shit for a living. That's why it's so baffling to me. If you're, talk, if you're taking vaccine advice from me, is that really my fault? What dumb shit, what dumb shit were you about to do when my stupid idea sounded better? He goes, quote, you know that dude who made people he, you know that dude who made people eat animal dicks on TV? How does he feel about medicine? If you want my advice, if you want, if you want my advice, don't take my advice. So anyway, man, I, I guess I feel very refreshed or you know, re, my confidence in his willingness to keep fighting this fight is restored i think that i think he sincerely wanted to apologize because if you put all that stuff together it looked terrible and he knows it um i think he probably misspoke i think if i could just sit down and talk with the man i think he probably misspoke when he said if you're having to defend yourself against being called a racist then that means you f something up i think mm -hmm. if you gave him a chance to pick that apart and he wasn't sort of just talking from the heart off the cuff he would acknowledge yeah, Jordan Peterson's not a racist, and they call him out all the time. Brett Weinstein's not a racist, and they call him out all the time. Larry Elder, a black man, is not the face of white supremacy, right? Um, but he is a victim of a of a racist attack where someone threw an egg at him right. in a gorilla suit. Yeah, Thomas Sowell, one of the most brilliant minds in the history of American, uh, you know, intellectualism, uh, acad academia, a black man. They call him a white supremacist, right? Clarence Thomas, just, uh, just, uh, they, oh, Joy Reed gets away with calling him an uncle Tom. Right. Anyway. Right. <clears throat> You're a cracker, by the way. Yeah, I know. What are you going to do? Uh, all right. Let's do this. Let's, um, it was, you and I haven't really talked a lot about the freedom convoy because we've been trying to get a guest on. So we didn't want to like really Wait, can go. I do, can I, can I, can I crow about the Saki thing real quick? Then we'll get to Oh it. yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, totally forgot yeah. about old, uh, peppermint patty. I won't, I won't play it. I had it ready, but so if y'all recall, I, uh, I make predictions from time to time. Um, one some of, of them, some of them Trump. even come to fruition. Some of them have, and I say may still I think so far. The only one I got wrong was that Trump didn't win the election. <clears throat> <clears throat> oh, sorry, something, something caught in my throat right then. It was weird. Uh -huh. Anyway, Odd. Uh, <laughs> I made a prediction, I think, last summer as the news started coming in from the UK and Israel about more and more vaccine complications, that when the dust settles on this before the 2024 campaign, especially if Trump runs. Please don't, that, by the way. That the Biden administration will blame Trump's Operation Warp Speed for these vaccines even though they were the ones who tried to mandate the vaccination of everybody. Uh, that hasn't quite happened yet because they're not ready to jump off the vaccine train yet, but I'm going to stand by that prediction. Oh, they're but going a, to a step yeah. in that direction arose last week, uh, maybe even Monday or Tuesday of this week. Uh, and I'll put the link in the show notes, but um, this, I think we talked about it last week, what last week, right? The, the uh, Johns Hopkins study that yeah. came out, <clears throat> there's this new Johns Hopkins study that was released last week saying that the lockdowns might have saved 0.2%, like made a 0.2% difference well, in the total was death. Zero was two. it 0 0.02? Might have yeah, been. It was 0.02%. It was We're like talking about like maybe five people. <laughs> well, I think it was like 4,000 is the math, right? <laughs> How many? That's doesn't almost even, that pales in comparison to the people that to the 120,000 heroin lost their deaths. jobs, yeah. mental health in the shitter. 
there's been more suicides in this time period than that. There's been more uh, heroin and a whole what's sector other? of society was has been lost because right. of this. Just and and, and in the, the Johns Hopkins, they didn't break down a lot of those numbers, but they did claim that the damage done, the lives lost as a result of the lockdowns, exceeded whatever gains that 0.02 gain we may have gotten from the mm-hmm. lockdowns. So again, another instance of the media pivot, right? Uh, the narrative pivot. I mean, uh, so a reporter asked Jen Psaki that I think it was on Monday, probably, uh, or last Friday, um, at the, you know, daily white house press briefing. So, you know, what about this Johns Hopkins thing? And her response is basically, um, well, as you know, president Biden is not advocating for lockdowns. In fact, the most of the lockdowns that have occurred, uh, occurred under the prior administration. So, um, <laughs> it's his fault. It's Trump's fault. Trump's yeah. fault. Well, you know what? Lockdown. A lot of the country was locked down, and, and you know, they did, Abbott did it in Texas. Every state locked down. Well, it was we, a because we, driven thing. We yeah. were watching people in Italy die by the hundreds. It was an old society. You know, they were dying. Yep. Yeah. And it they struck were. fear into the hearts of, I mean, I was afraid of it probably for a couple months. You know, I mean, we sanitized our groceries, blah, blah, blah. It was a lockdown. It was crazy. But then, well, just remember when he we, was, yeah. we got into reality right. of what this thing was really doing. And it wasn't killing everybody. And the, the Republican states very quickly were like, okay, we got to get back to business. Life needs to go on. COVID isn't going to kill everyone. Oh, dude, it, it's and, total memory hole. Man. Right. It's, and then, it's and rewriting then, history. You know, yeah. The but but look, at, look, at, uh, look at New York and California and just be like, oh, so why are they still doing that then if what you're saying is true? So That's most right. of the lockdown started around March 12th of 2020. When Tom Hanks and I don't remember whoever for the Utah Jazz all tested positive, right? Rudy Gobert. Yep, Rudy Gobert. And so this flood across the country and even Trump was like, maybe for that's when two weeks to flatten the curve started, right? Right. But by the end of March, Trump was saying by Easter, which was the first or second Sunday or whatever of April that year, we should open this country back up. And do you remember the things they were saying about him? Like for for daring to suggest. Right. That we go back to life at we, that time. I wish we could have some. Like we should, it's, we should find some quotes from the so laughable. Right so there laughable. Are, there are. Did you know there are still places in America where kids are doing at home school? Yeah, man. The, oh, like, dude, are still. And if you are going the to state school, of Illinois has a statewide mask mandate everywhere in Illinois. If you want to go inside, you have to put a mask on. That's <laughs> it's insanity, dude. Just mind. But according to Dr. Leanna Wynn from CNN, the science has changed. The science has changed. So She's the former director of Planned Parenthood, correct? Which they never always leave Dude. out. She's the former director of Planned Parenthood. She was also a doctor that popped up on CNN when the Boston Marathon bombing occurred. Did you know that? Mm-mm. This is one of this is a no agenda thing. They point out that this lady sort of showed up out of nowhere back during the Boston Marathon bombing. She was like kind of the, the doctor on the street that CNN tapped to tell everybody about what was going on with all that, right? Next thing you know, she's like basically a Chinese communist propagandist on CNN, you know, a half a decade later or however long it's been. Yeah. So anyway, you were right. They are blaming, she's on the on national television giving her press briefing saying that lockdowns were Trump's fault. Yep. Okay. You know, yeah, he, we, and it was still, a state by state deal it wasn't like Trump locked the country down, right? There, I don't. No, he, he never said 100. 
He yeah. did kind of suggest the two weeks to flatten the curve thing. Sure. And, yeah. Yeah. And, and then started suggesting we stop that. And it was up to Democratic governors from there what happened for the rest of all that. Which we're still seeing. Um, okay. Humor there. And you were right. I like your prediction. Thank you. Keep them coming. Uh, let's go ahead and head up to Canada. And, uh, and like I said, you and I haven't gone. We've briefly touched on the Freedom Convoy. We're really just trying to find a guest and um, finally got one in the form of, of uh, Clinton Dooley, who, what did he say his uh, job title was? He's actually in the, he's in the oil field, but he's essentially just been one of the uh, organizers. Yeah, he manages a crew for a, a well completion company. Yeah. yeah. And so he's been on the front lines there in Ottawa since the beginning of the uh, convoy arriving there and has been doing live feeds on his Facebook page. And I think he said uh, he's on TikTok as well. Uh, but without further ado, uh, very excited to have him on. Clinton, thanks for being here. Yeah, it's great to see you guys. I'm, uh, I'm glad you guys are interested in helping get the word out. It seems to be hard these days. Yeah. Oh, you, interested is an understatement. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I know Chisholm and I both appreciate everything that you guys are doing with the Freedom Convoy and to get the ball rolling, why don't you uh, talk a little bit about the origin of this convoy, uh, how it came to be? And then, I mean, it's, it seems like it's been going on for, what, uh, two weeks now? Yeah, I mean, the, the original convoy, if you go, like, way, way back, um, the organizers started a convoy a couple of years ago, but it was, it was mainly for oil and gas stuff, um, and it wasn't necessarily for freedom. It was a, it was a much smaller group, uh, specifically around oil and gas and some truckers. And then um, with everything that happened during the last two years, uh, those guys and pages and organizations kind of got together and banded the movement upon freedom, um, I think, because it's a pretty clear message and it doesn't single out small groups. It is, it is solely about the freedom of choice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. can i ask the uh kind of the original core of it you mentioned the oil and gas side did that have something to do with what i can imagine is hostility from y'all's more populated parts of canada to that industry or just not i mean not really related to anything like that at all like i honestly um I did a few of the convoys way back in the day, just the local ones that were convenient, we'll say. Um, and I wasn't highly involved in them. I just, uh, yes, my, my wife has a safety company and she put a few fire trucks in the parade and we had a big old lifted suburban we put in the parade. And uh, I mean, it was my job. So, I mean, it meant a little bit to me and it's her company's oil field related. So it meant quite a bit to her. But I, I don't think uh, it was comparable to what you're seeing here today, yeah. right? Yeah. So kind of more just a unity thing, but because right. y'all were already organized when this, <sighs> I don't even know, what, what, this, this nightmare that, that the governments of the world are trying to cram down our throat, you guys were already kind of arm in arm and ready to rock and were able to sort that's of right. spread it. And, yeah, that's cool. That's right. And truck drivers are, are like a big family. They're all brothers on the CB radio. So, um, 
I, I mean, it's kind of like oil field where, you know, if you get all the rig hands on board, most of them would be on board. And then same with the truck drivers, they're, they're, they're a family, right? So once you get a few of them on board and, and you start to open some eyes and raise awareness, the rest of the guys are like, oh, yeah, yeah, that is our profession. That, that is what we do. This is important. Um, so it's, it's uh, it brought a lot more awareness to it, I think. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, now, where is the convoy currently? Is it, it's in Ottawa? Yeah, it's broke up all all through Ottawa. Um, it's uh, there's three different convoys in Ottawa. There was the original, the convoy West that traveled from uh, BC all the way across Canada, uh-huh. and then there was a convoy East. I'm not sure where they originated, but I started talking to them them on the radio when they were about halfway here. And then there was a convoy that came up from the south as well. And uh, that one's quite a bit smaller or whatever. They stopped letting truckers through the border that didn't have scheduled loads. Uh, so a lot of the guys that thought they were coming weren't able to get through the border. So that, that convoy is relatively small, but it's still scattered throughout Ottawa. Yeah. Well, I mean, who needs a vaccine more than a trucker that spends most of his life in a truck by himself? Exactly. Right. And I mean, I, I, at this point, I think we can put the vaccine stuff to rest. It, it doesn't work at best. <laughs> and you like, you my, know, you like, like my shirt? Hey, Clinton, do you like my shirt? Tar- tarants, I do. I do. I wish it was Fauci's face on there. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it just doesn't work and there can be a lot more said about it for a lot of different people. I mean, I know people with bad experiences, but when you boil it down to it, it just doesn't work. So right. you can I mean, get I- it, you can spread it and, uh, you know, you got it to save loved ones and then you still caught COVID and gave it to your loved ones. So what was the point? Right. To, to your point, man, you, let, let's, let's, grant the idea that it's really good at keeping people from dying let's just okay let's just pretend sure. that pretend world right to your point sure. these mandates are still bullshit because they don't if you're going to mandate something it's for broad public health not individual health and you're that's right dead right that even fauci can't deny and hasn't really since june even before in the united states our president tried to force mandates at a federal level they were acknowledging, we've documented it on this show, that it wasn't even ever engineered to keep people from catching it or potentially spreading it. It right. was engineered to keep you from dying from it. So therefore, it's a personal choice. They can claim that's all right. day, oh, but you're overwhelming the hospitals. But that's crap because they're letting go of 40% of nursing staffs all across North America, right? So that's right. right. That's it, right. It, yeah, it, 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 to, at a minimum... It does not work such that a mandate is justifiable, right? No, so that's and for sure. I don't but know how it is in the States, but we've always been really low on ICU beds. I think, like, don't quote me, but they're somewhere in around three, 400 of them in all of Alberta. And when you hear they're at full capacity, it sounds scary. Um, but, but I mean, really, yeah. uh, we, we've always needed more ICU beds and that, yeah. that is a problem. Put, put more money into it and get more ICU beds. That has always been a problem before and after COVID. So why don't we yeah. just get some more ICU beds? Right. Yeah, generally I've heard speaking, that about in Canada that you guys are short on that. Maybe it's because you have more of a socialized medicine than, than we do here. Cause we, we have, do I mean, like we have to tons of, of ICU beds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, but, but we kind of don't either though, Cable. I mean, we've again documented that on average, 
in major cities all across the United States, ICUs are going to run between 95 and 98% capacity all the time because yeah. you don't have a whole bunch of super expensive ICU beds and a whole bunch of ICU staff sitting around with nothing to do. That's not how, whether it's for profit or a government institution, you, you just don't have wings full of hey, empty beds, right? Exactly. So they're always, they're always running kind of on a ragged edge. And like in Houston, you know, it was explained by Dan Crenshaw, who's, uh, if you're familiar with our congressman with the eye patch, uh, he's, you know, former Navy SEAL guy from the Houston area, but he explained that, you know, these major cities have levels of emergency they can ramp up, right? They've already got, they maybe have, let's call it 500 beds across all of Houston, right? And they're running at 95 to 98% capacity. Well, if there's an emergency like a storm or, you know, COVID pandemic or whatever, then they have certain beds throughout the city's infrastructure. They can switch over to ICU beds, like basically overnight. Right. And exactly. And, and then, and then they have another level after that. And we never even reached out of the, like the first level of emergency at any point during any of this pandemic, did the city of Houston ever go beyond their first level of emergency? It's, it's all propaganda, man. Yeah. It, it is in my, in my opinion. Um, I, I do truly believe that. What, what was the mandate from Trudeau that ended up resulting in this convoy? I mean, what, did he just say, if you're, a, if you're, do you guys have a union, maybe a trucker's union? And he just said, you know, if you're in the trucker's union, you have to get the vaccine or what, or was it? No. A so it's anybody coming across the border. They had to uh, either be vaccinated or when, once you cross the border, you have to isolate for two weeks. So like you got a load on a live load, imagine not lumber or nothing. You have a live load. Now you have to isolate for two weeks. So essentially a different trucker has to come and grab your live load, right? Like it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't work. It doesn't make sense. It puts people out of work. It's just, it's another one of those rules that don't make sense. And it, and it would have crippled them entirely. Um, but I, I, one thing I do want to touch on is, um, the, the truck drivers were doing this stuff before, uh, like a lot of people seem to think this was a line in the sand for the truck drivers. And, and this was in the making for the last couple of years, the organizers of this. Um, but, and, 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 you know, when he threw that law down, which immediately put a bunch of truckers in jeopardy, that's when the convoy went, okay, it's time. Right. So it was a tripping point. It was a line in the sand. But this has been in the making for a couple of years, right? So um, I, I, I think it was the, the whole thing. And then, I mean, they weren't even across Canada before um, the message was out that it was uh, Unify for Freedom, um, not just for the truckers, not just for their rules, mainly for the kids, to be honest, I think mm -hmm. is what inspired that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've seen, you know, a few of your fellow patriots up there you know pressing the issue this is not about us this is not about you know truck driving related mandates it's about everybody across this country and about all the different mandates right not just the vaccines but so yeah i i've just i've had the thought several times this week man i was listening to another podcast earlier kind of making the point like so these it, it, the, the even the Canadian government's media is now acknowledging that these uh, uh, tow truck companies have said we're not touching it, right? Like they've been tow truck companies that have contracts with the cities, uh, the city of Ottawa are like, we're not, we're not going in there and moving it. And they pointed out like, if you put the emergency brake on, on a big rig, there's nothing that can be done anyway. Right. So 
I guess what I'm getting at is there was, I can't, I don't know there's anybody better to make this stand than you guys. You know what I mean? Like what other way can you peacefully basically like shut a city down um, to, to make a stand and make a point, right? Like two years ago, certain elements of our society were burning stuff down all over the country to make their point. All you guys had to do was just roll into town and sit there and mm -hmm. honk a little bit. Right. And no, 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 no. Honking's illegal done. in Ottawa for 10 yeah. days. <laughs> a judge ruled that you can't honk in Ottawa. And then the next clip I saw was all the truckers honking, which I was like, awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's uh, we've talked about it a lot for the kids. Are you frozen there, Quentin? Okay. Yeah, it froze up and it went all digital on me, but I got you on my truck speaker now. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, yeah, we got you. Okay. Yeah, you're hooked to the truck now. The headset didn't want to work anymore. I thought you had a confused look on your face, and I, I was I wasn't sure what digital. I was saying. Gotcha. Yeah, you were that, pure digital. That's that crazy matrix sound. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was just saying, like, I can't. There's no other. There's no better group of. I don't know any other way that this could be done and it'd be as effective, right? Trucks, nope. they just, they can't be moved, right? You're and physically you guys are shutting the down the city and you're also shutting down the supply chain. So, right. Yeah. And I don't think the people, the people are willing to put up with a shortage of supplies in for the greater good, right? I mean, that's what this essentially is. Seems like over 50% of people have caught on. Like I drove down to Quebec last week and, uh, there's Canadian flags on every other driveway. And historically, Quebec and Alberta kind of don't get along. I mean, I've always gotten along with people in Quebec, but it is, there's a language barrier. And uh, a lot of them there don't like the oil and gas. But this time when I drove through Quebec, people were fueling me up, bringing me lunch. Everybody awesome. can speak English now. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I did want to cool, ask man. you about that. Are the police, I saw a clip of police trying to intercept supplies. Is yep. that is that is that actually happening? Yeah. So a couple guys did get arrested for bringing fuel. Um, from the sounds of things, I got some friends boots on the ground that are heading around doing live feeds just like I was doing, and they said it's it's not widespread. It, it it's almost like it was done for a photo op. Um, so yes, uh, seven or eight people did get arrested for bringing truckers fuel, but you have to keep in mind there's over a hundred of us bringing truckers fuel. So I don't think um, they're actively trying to arrest anyone. I think they're trying to make a statement, um, trying just trying to make it look like the police are doing their job and uh, scare scare tactics, really. Yeah. So generally so you feel like, go ahead. After that happened, the firefighters got involved anyways. The firefighters started doing the fuel for us and the cops wouldn't arrest the awesome. firefighters. So yeah, yeah, it was pretty awesome. Yeah. Feels good to be Canadian again. I've been ashamed for two years and I feel amazing. I'm talking <laughs> to people. I haven't talked to anyone in years. I haven't done a lot of smiling unless it's at home with my kids, but it's like, it's like amplified Canada Day every day down there. Everyone is happy. Kids are happy. There's bouncy castles everywhere. Anything you see on the media is like pretty much the exact opposite of what's happening in Ottawa. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So you, you feel like at least at least half of everybody you come across. Is that specifically in Ottawa? Like I imagine. No, imagine I'm talking Quebec. I'm talking yeah, Quebec and of... Ontario. 
Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, the provinces. Of, yeah, I mean, obviously, places like Alberta, it's ninety percent, a hundred percent. Well, like, I don't know about that. Right? There's, there's yeah. still, um, there's, there's still people in uh, in Alberta that don't understand. Like even a few of my friends that we worked in the oil field together, they're like, you know, I just don't have time. I'm like, yeah. So, so what do you have time? Like, what, what's important to you? Where are your values? How do you want your kids to grow up? What do you mean you don't have time, right? Like, yeah. I'm. I like Canada. I've lived here my whole life. I grew up here. I want my kids to stay here. I don't want to have to move to Mexico or Puerto Rico. Um, you know, so what better do you have to do right now than to go for a drive down to Ottawa? And the atmosphere is unbelievable. If you've been down in the dumps or struggling with mental health, go to Ottawa. It is a blast. <laughs> cool. <laughs> awesome. That's awesome, man. Yeah, yeah, we talk about that sort of thing even members of our family that um, have just sort of dismissed the frustration and outrage that Cable and I talk about all the time, you know, just sort of got in line. And, and now that, you know, you, you're watching people like wake up, but they won't, they don't want to get out of bed. Right. They're like, yeah, I'm probably not going to take a booster. Cause um, you know, I already took two shots in like less than a year. And man, if a third's not, you know, and it's, it's like, <clears> Hmm. <throat> you should be upset about this and be willing to stand against it. You know, I, I was having this conversation with my brother-in-law and I, you know, he'd had the virus last November, the November of 2020. I mean, like first go around, you know, and then he still took the shots and I was like, so why'd you take the shots when you had the virus? He's like, cause I'm not selfish, man. And I was, I got, you know, I, I, he's a masseuse. He's like, I, I put my hands on people, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, yeah, but the shots don't keep you from spreading it to those people. So what's the selfish part about it? Why did well, we didn't know shots? that. We didn't know that then. And I was like, you knew that if you were paying, any freaking attention, dude. Any. So the but here's yeah, a great well, example. Trudeau had tested positive for COVID as you guys were rolling into Ottawa, or he just like flaked out and was just like, oh, I'm just gonna say I have COVID, so I don't, so I can be somewhere else. Like, I don't no, know. No. And one of our main organizers, Chris, same thing. He's double vaccinated, and uh, he got a Romnicon right before the event, or however you pronounce it, whatever right. new strain. Omicroni, um, whatever. Yeah, Decepticon. He, he we have quite a few. <laughs> <laughs> and uh it, it just goes to show like these, these are like the main guys you know what i mean like they're they live public lives they can't hide this stuff they're they're fully vaccinated they're still getting it just like your friend or your sister or your cousin's brother or whatever story you've heard you know what i mean it's it's real it's out there there's real life data now that you can't just skew because you know these people mm -hmm. yep mm -hmm. well and you know one of the things that Kayla and I talk all the time about is, is how they, have you ever read that book, 1984, the George Orwell book? Uh, it, it's, it's an old book. I know what about, you're talking. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. I've read a couple pages here and there because somebody asked me if I read it. Yeah. That, dude, <laughs> but I, mean, I never it, got through it. It'll freak you out just the first chapter. Cause they talk about how like the government controls you through these screens, right? Yeah. Screens everywhere. And it was written in the forties. Anyway, but but he talks a lot about how they changed language to manipulate and control, right? So like the definition of anti-vaxxer, which yep. why do we even have a definition of anti-vaxxer in the first damn place, I guess? But then they added, like I think on Merriam-Webster here in the last few months, people who are against mandates are now anti-vax. And to your point, I saw this awesome video yesterday of this group of people protesting, I think probably in D.C., um, and the guy called the guy on stage that was, you know, kind of chanting, uh, 
you know, the, this, this sort of protest thing was like, here's my vax card. This isn't about, you know, the taking the shot or not. It's about forcing people to do it. I'm not for that. And I've had the vax. Everybody else in the crowd who's had the vax come up and like 10 dudes come up and they're all agreeing and chanting together like we shouldn't be forcing people to do this. And they sat there and ripped their vax cards up. It was, it was cool. Anyway. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Right. Like I and if I truly believe in something, I don't need everyone else to do it. I yeah. I would believe in it. I would do it. I would hope it helped me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it it is a right. pretty crazy world we're in when you really sit down and think about it, especially yes. after all the stuff that's been pushed down our throats for the last few decades about freedom of this free choice. You know, everybody has a right. Um, all these genders have a different right. Everybody has rights unless you don't want to take a meal. Then right. you have no rights. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it, uh, it is pretty wild. Going back to Trudeau and, you know, we don't see, we, we see the stuff on social media on, you know, conservative leaning social media outlets. They've got the videos that you guys are sending. I don't see it on CNN. Um, MSNBC certainly isn't giving you guys mass coverage. What, and then I and then I hear that Trudeau just called it oh, a few um, misinformationists with swastika, swastikas. Yeah, so that was pretty crazy. I was in awe when I saw that speech. I've I've it's thousands uh, and thousands proud. of truckers, and he says there's a few people with it's. Oh, and he called you guys racist with swastikas. I, That's what he said. I know that was wild. Hey, that was wild. I could yeah. my jaw dropped. I was like, oh man. He's willing to take this like as far as it needs to go. He does not want the castle to crumble. It's crazy, yeah. man. That isn't it yeah. true? So I I heard an interview with a guy that was uh he was like a Sikh Indian, you know. Don't y'all have like a okay. pretty significant number of people of color as part of this convoy? Like dude, we're yeah. in Ottawa. Every fourth person <laughs> is a person of color. It right. is insane that anyone would ever call it racist. Yeah. It is it's, insane. It's just it's a, literally uh, it's a, it's the easiest way you can put it without like exaggerating everything. Is he's he's a liar, and everyone knows it because everyone's standing there with fifteen thousand people. Uh, you know, twenty five percent of them are white people. So like, you know, he's a, he just lies. It's Same lies. guy that did blackface. <laughs> yes, the blackface guy. <laughs> calling us racist. Multiple right. more times than he can remember blackface. Yeah. <laughs> I know that's it's unbelievable. Unreal, uh, yeah. yeah, he's a tyrant, dude. I have I have had uh, three hunts scheduled, uh, a bear hunt in British Columbia, and then that's been canceled twice. And then I had a an invite to come shoot mallards in the face in Saskatchewan this year. <laughs> Didn't get to do that either because I'm not getting a shot. I want to come to Canada. I love hunting in your country. Uh, I've been to uh, also been to Newfoundland and shot a moose there. I probably hunt in Canada every year, at least once. And uh, yeah, it's been. It's been tough. And then all the, and our, and our government is not innocent either. I was in uh, Las Vegas for this uh, STI hunting convention. Tons of Canadian outfitters came trying to get American hunters to go. And they all said it's the same thing about only 25% of American hunters will get vaccinated to come, but they had to get shots to come here. And yeah. it was just like, they had to do it because they're, you know, they're on life support as outfitters because American hunters aren't coming. So they're like, we have to get whatever business we can. And I'm just like, our government's just as bad. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I think, um, I, I think there's, there seems to be, I guess I, it's not like I follow your guys' politics super closely, but there seems to be, you guys have a lot more power within the state 
yeah. than we do. Yeah. Where sure. our got our uh, premiers are like, yeah, maybe we should, maybe we shouldn't. We'll kind of follow public outcry, uh, outcry. But then Trudeau's like, no, we're mandating this, and they just kind of all fall under a blanket when we all do it, right? right? Yeah. No, we live uh, in two different worlds, man. Texas and and Florida, some yeah, of the other states. Like, and then you look at California and New York, and it is it is different realities. Like we've been partying yeah. like it's 1999 for the last year and a half. You know, we had the initial lockdown; no one knew what to do. Um, but then after that, it was like we're over this; we're moving on. Then you go somewhere yeah. else in the in the country, and and it's like, wow, people are it's like you're in a different world, afraid to death, and they're totally. still wearing masks. And the, and and a lot of them have woken up, but their politicians are still making them do it. So, you know, yeah, our states do have more power, it seems like. We looked really closely at Florida and Texas, uh, just because I am oil field, and Mexico, because, you know, you can get Mexico and Texas pretty easy. Um, and we looked really closely at it, and I'm not going to lie, it, we're probably a year out from doing one of those three places. And then when I seen the size of this convoy getting together, I was like, this is our last ditch hope to stay yeah. in Canada. I guarantee you, this is our last ditch hope. So this is why I'm here, because I don't want to leave, but I will. <laughs> yeah. So I saw on the news today that they that did they do away with the mandate in Ottawa? Yeah. What progress? No. There's some been some news of some progress. No. This is all smoke and mirrors. Okay. Um, yeah. Nice. So if you really look into it, like Alberta Premier, he's starting to drop stuff right away. But only if it only if the numbers prove and we know you fucking lie with the numbers all the time. Um, and then, you know, the Saskatchewan guys like, oh, no, truckers, truckers are good. Don't worry about the truckers, but we're going to leave everybody else screwed. And the truckers are way smarter than this. They've, they've been playing this chess game for a couple of years, and they know if we don't get mandates ended at a federal level, that this was all pointless. Mm. Honk for freedom. Um, <laughs> so every I'm yeah I'm sitting here man every other person that drives by I actually had a lady this morning I thought she was mad at me I was going slow through the drive-thru because I'm in four-wheel drive and uh she's like yelling at me out the window I was like I saw so I stuck my head out to see she's like don't pay for your food I will get all that awesome. <laughs> like and awesome. no matter where you go people are just like lighting up the horns waving uh it's it's way different man it feels like home again yeah, so that's like uh, so heartwarming, man. I'm telling you, I, I uh, the last few years of my life, I've just been kind of learning about what's happening around us and and the re the reasons why and the ideologies behind it, right? And well, are you familiar at all with Dr. Jordan Peterson from up there? He's in oh, Alberta. Yeah. yeah, okay, cool. It's yeah, a, yeah, smart dude. Brilliant guy, man. And he's been blowing this horn since like 2017, right? This authoritarian yeah. <laughs> wave that was coming and. You know, he, he kind of, he challenges men in particular to stand up and say enough's enough, right? To, to take a stand, to speak truth against this deceptive crap, right? And, um, you know, this is, you know, right now, Cable and I live in Texas. We're not in an authoritarian nightmare here yet. You know, parts of our country are, our federal government is, is a disaster. So this is how we take our stand, right? Once a week we come on here and, you know, we try to, tell people what we think is actually going on. And I, you know, I keep all these show notes for every show that backs up every single claim we make so people can go check it out for themselves, you know, but when you guys sort of rose up a couple of weeks ago and started trucking across Canada, we talk about Canada I, more than we maybe should 
because we always negative see light it. of being well hey, we don't want to turn into canada right like politically yeah, no speaking doubt. no offense but i mean that's the reality no like, we we know as outdoorsmen as guys who have done real work you know that that canada is is not just uh you know montreal right or quebec right that it, it's a it's a big big place with people from all different walks of life much like the united states right new york and california specifically new york city and, and la and san francisco kind of like dominate yep. our narrative of what the culture of America is like. But Would you guys like to adopt a couple states? <laughs> we'll gladly give you New York and California. <laughs> All right, guys, that, that only works if you swap us for Alberta and BC. Like. <laughs> yeah, but it, just like watching y'all take take this stand, because we kind of, I think we kind of see, you know, there's a saying in the states: as California goes, so goes the nation, right? They kind of drag us into this leftward utopia of theirs, right? And, and Canada seems to be a decade ahead of us on a lot of this stuff. Um, you know, at, again, it's sort of the, the national, the perspective that we have as the media filters it and all that. So to see y'all take this stand and to see the reception that it's gaining and the reception that it's gaining here in the States, uh, man, it's, um, it's so important what you guys are doing is like truly heroic. We've had some, we've had a, a a general on our show that we've talked to, kind of just about this nonprofit stuff he was doing. But you know his uh, his days in service with you know I guess the Afghanistan and Iraq wars. Um, we've had some Marines on our show that were you know some of the first guys into Afghanistan back in 2008. And I can guarantee you, to a man, all those guys would say there's nobody in the world right now that's stepping up in a heroic way than, than like more than you guys, like mm -hmm. combat soldiers are not doing it right now. The kind of thing y'all are doing, taking a stand for really, it's not just Canada, man, like the whole world. The world. Yeah. The whole world. Well, like, and I, and I think that's, uh, and I, and I think that's, that's awesome, I guess is the easiest way to put it. But um, the, the truck drivers, um, They've united the people. I guess when you talk about an army, there's Absolutely. a lot of political, there's generals, there's people agree, don't disagree, you know. But to band the public together, like the truck drivers have done, I I'll, I, I can certainly say I've never seen anything like it in my life, and I don't mm -hmm. think I'll ever see anything like it again unless they try to strip of a, us of our freedoms. Um, but it is a very unique situation because the public is not ordered by a, a commanding chief. The, the public is swayed by a million different things, mostly yep. their family yep. and media, right? Um, so to get 50% or better of the public on board is truly amazing. Um, yep. I never thought it could be done. That's why we were thinking about where we could move different mm -hmm. options, right? But but the truck drivers of our country have, have done it. And, uh, you know, I was sitting at home a few weeks ago feeling really down on everything as well. And then when I seen the sheer numbers gather and I was like, Oh my God, people are waking up. People are actually waking up. They're the people that got the needles now that are winded at work, that got their little brother sick. Um, they still can't go into a restaurant because they haven't got off work to get their second booster. They're all waking up. They're all starting to realize second that, you know, booster. That, <laughs> yeah, this, this isn't about a vaccine. It's about controlling people and, and people just want simple freedoms. Like they're, these guys aren't asking for much. They're not asking for a tax break. 
They're not even talking about this carbon tax that's also killing their industry. They just want freedom of choice. It's yeah. not a big thing to ask. And that's why we have half canned on board. We just want freedom of choice. You know what I think is so cool also is that, and it needs to be emphasized after watching our a lot of our left-leaning cities burn to the ground uh, last, in the last two. You guys did this 100% peacefully. Like, we, you can make a difference with peaceful protests. You don't have to loot and riot and burn shit to the ground to get your point no, across. No, that, that doesn't get your message across, especially in Canada. And I know Canada is, like, thought of as these peace-loving people. And for the most part, I, I believe we are. But, but there's a lot of dudes here, um, you know, that – that aren't as peace-loving as everybody would like to, to think. Mm -hmm. um, but they do have a, a grasp on reality that violence doesn't help. And, um, you know, you're going to lose a lot of your support if you do anything violent in Canada. So uh, the start of the protests, like one thing CBC or CTV will never tell you is that we're all registered with our driver's license and insurance. If something bad happens, you will be identified and arrested right away. Right. Like they don't tell that shit in the mainstream news. They're like, oh, these these truck drivers and done it. No, no, there's a pact amongst everybody that this is peaceful. We have your ID, your license, your registration, and if you get out of line, you're gone and not allowed back in. Um, so this was always going to be peaceful from the start. The media has purposefully portrayed it this way that oh, they're angry, they're disrupting people, they're this, they're that. No, no. One guy has been asked to leave the convoy out of, I don't know the actual official number of registered participants, but it is, it is huge. And, and one person has been asked to leave and there's been reports of one swastika flag that nobody could show me a picture of. And right. everybody's doing live feeds. Everybody I come across, they've caught on that the media is full of crap. So everyone I go around is doing live feeds. And nobody can show me a picture of this swastika flag. So right. if right. I if I honestly had to guess, I'd say somebody was paid to throw it up, get a picture by CTV, and put it down. Because if any of our guys seen that, it would have been taken away immediately, right? Mm -hmm. Like this it's it's perception scare tactics. It's it's like stuff that you know you see on the United States media. And you're right. like, oh God, I'm glad that doesn't happen here and then now I'm watching it happen here with my own eyes. And that's why I'm on my way back to Ottawa to make sure I live feed all this shit. <laughs> awesome. Let me ask real yeah. quick. The, so you, you've said a few times that you feel like 50, over 50% 50 of the country is now with y'all or in particular, I guess, in, uh, in Quebec, right? Yep. When you, when you, when you say that, like looking around at the, just the people, you know, walking down the street or, <clears throat> Do you feel like it's 55% or 51% are cheering y'all on and the rest are cheering against you? Or is it more like no, half no, of man. people no. are actively cheering you on and then a quarter of people are against you and there's a quarter of people no, who are just not even. Not even. Yeah. I can, you guys, uh, just like if, if anybody wants to go to my live feeds afterwards, just look like I yeah, interview tell us people what, yeah. look irritated because I want their real opinion. And when I say 50%, I use Quebec as a comparison because you know, historically, Quebec's kind of hard to get on board with anything unless they've started it. And then, then of course, they're on board with it, the block and all that stuff. But, um, you know, Alberta is pretty easy to get on board with stuff like that. Saskatchewan as well. Um, coming over through Manitoba, I'm not super familiar with Manitoba, but I have been getting 
unbelievable amounts of support here. Like I just flipped the phone around. Uh, these two truck drivers that pulled in were both just lighting up their horns. This guy over here was waving to me. And uh, there's one other truck driver behind us. So out of five truck drivers in the parking lot, three of them have lit up their horns. One has waved to me and I don't know if the other guy's sleeping or hasn't noticed my flags yet or yeah. what. But then even in Ottawa, downtown Ottawa, you have 10,000 active supporters and say another 10,000 people just walking around. And I literally found two people with signs that said, stop honking, go home. Two people. Huh. Right. Yeah. Two. See, I, sheep. I, I think, Those are sheep. Think... <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. One I, was I, a nice I, old lady because I, I wanted to talk to her. And one, one guy actually... Uh, was like, no, I want you to go home. I was like, hey, do you mind giving me an interview right quick? Can you tell me what's up? And he just kept walking. He wouldn't even talk to me. But mm -hmm. I got this one old lady, and uh, she just said the horns were giving her a bit of a headache. And I said, yeah, you know what? Honestly, I have a mild headache as well. But um, <laughs> I, I think, you know, for what we're trying to accomplish, um, you know, it's a small sacrifice for freedom. And she's like, I, I do agree that people should have freedom of choice. I just don't like everybody blocked up in my city and the horns are giving me a headache. And like, she had some legitimate things to say, sure. but she did say she doesn't believe in freedom of choice. She was just slightly irritated that there's so many people there honking yeah. in her city. Yeah. Right? So I, so it's I, like, yeah. I have a question. So as we're wrapping up here, are you guys prepared to sit there for as long as it takes? And is are more people still coming to support this thing, yeah. or is or people leaving and saying, ah, we we've done what we could do? No, so there's there's a it's just like any active situation. There's no one hard answer. So I'll tell you a few different things. Like I know three guys that absolutely had to go home to pay their bills. One of them, um, one of the organizers gave him five hundred bucks so he could pay his mortgage and stay because he's locked in the line up front. He can't get out even if he wants to but he doesn't want to lose his house. So I know three other truck drivers that had to go home just to pull two loads and then they're coming back. They just can't mm -hmm. lose their truck. These guys are owner operators. They can't miss payments yeah. on these trucks, right? Yeah. Um, and then myself, I had six kids tied up in Ottawa for 10 days and uh, it was just getting to be a bit too much for the kids and the police were starting to get a little bit out of hand and their, the Ottawa police chief went openly corrupt on live TV the other day so I was kind of like concerned for having my kids there a little bit. So I got my kids back home to Alberta and I'm on my way back as well. I have a friend that's towing a camper back. And while we're sitting here talking, a convoy of seven pickup, no tractors, but seven pickup trucks with flags are ripping down the highway towards Ottawa. I've come across a few other guys. So yeah, there's some people leaving that need to leave, but they're all coming back. Uh -huh. um, I, I left, but I'm coming back. And so whatever you know, it takes, you'll stay for as long as it takes. That's I have the plan. To go back to what do I do? I'm going to sell yeah. my house in Mexico. So yeah, <laughs> I'm, here. <laughs> I'm here, man. Like there's nothing else for me to do. Like I've heard, I've heard rumors about a similar convoy they're planning on starting in California and heading to Washington, DC. And that would, you know, totally inspired by what you guys have done there. I hope that it happens here too. I don't know what kind of, uh, you know, our, our Supreme Court struck down Biden's vaccine mandate for companies with over 100 employees. So that's no longer a thing. I don't know what the, the latest is on that proposed convoy, um, but but that has been something that, that Chisholm and I have, have heard of at least. So, Well, we're in a little different place because like even our media is starting to lay down 
the their arms on this, right? They're starting to acknowledge that masks don't work. And now there's the governor of New Jersey and the governor of New York and the even the governor of Illinois finally yesterday started talking about a plan. He kind of did the weaselly shit you were talking about, Clinton, where it was like, oh, we'll do a phased approach to, you know, ending mask mandates based on case, whatever. But yeah, my, but my we'll point is, yeah, right. Exactly. But 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 the, the message is changing as we speak. And, you know, they just they just can't hold it back. But anymore. you did call it, Chisholm. You called it like a year ago. You said that they'd blame all the lockdowns on Trump. And our press secretary the other day was trying to blame all of the authoritarianism that we've seen. He was like, well, if you remember, it was the previous uh, administration that, oh, yeah, you're so full so, of shit, lady. For, for, and you know what? Everything evolved. You did call that. Such a strong opinion on everything. But it, it's like... It's like anything, it evolves and there's perspective. And I was a little bit scared at first. I had a premature twin with underdeveloped lungs. And you know, one of my, um, one of my vaccinated family members, one of my family members got vaccinated, worried about giving it to him. And you know, I gotta admit, they had me a little bit scared at first too, but once I caught it and I was like, oh, well, I've had colds worse and hangovers worse Same. than this. Like, oh yeah. I, I, I don't, I, and you know what? Some people die, this is life guys yeah people die sometimes sure. right. it's people no 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 really not sometimes does. bro like all of us eventually will right yeah. all of us will like that's the part that has been the most frustrating for me is it's like they act as though if they can nerf the world and shield you from covid we get to live forever and it's just not reality right it's and just we're not, not living my kids are suffering right. this they don't have the friends they used to have the mental health is declining amongst everybody I know. I didn't even realize how bad my own was until I got to Ottawa. There's, it, it was like my wife Megan said, everybody's a, a friggin' zombie. Everybody's just in this zombified state and stay away from each other. Don't do this. And then I get to Ottawa and it's like, it's like pumping Canada day, seven days straight. There's not a single fight. Like if you go to the Calgary stampede, there's 30, 40 drunken people fighting every day. <laughs> But you go down here, there's not a single fight for seven days running to the biggest party Canada's ever had. Mm -hmm. Like, this is a morale boost that whether you agree with the cause or not for your own mental health, just go down there and have some fun. Smile, talk to people, hug somebody, shake your hand. It is amazing what it'll do for your mental health to see real active people in the world again. So let me ask you, uh, if you want to give us your... You're talking about all these live feeds. Are you doing these on Instagram? I so I just my buddies just got me on uh, what's TikTok or something. They don't take down videos on Facebook. I I was doing all on Facebook, but they took down some of the videos. They blocked the other ones. The first few days I had like twenty thousand views, and now I have two hundred views. Well, they just deleted me off Instagram with one hundred and forty-five thousand followers. So. I, I feel it's, it's crazy. Like this yeah. is this is exactly why we're doing this. this so where insane. where's the best place to find you? TikTok. Well, I just started the TikTok account last night. Facebook Clinton Dooley or TikTok. I think uh, username's MJCD two two one three. And uh, but I guess Facebook is where most of the. If you want to see like this documented from the beginning, Facebook is where you'll have to go right now. It's just my own personal Facebook account that I started doing this on and then uh, it just kind of got out there and went crazy for a week. And then Facebook started limiting everything on me. So well, commies um, are going to commie. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of how it is. So 
you know, if you want to watch it from the start, Clinton Dooley on Facebook, and then I guess I'm going to start transferring everything over to TikTok because they don't censor delete. And that's ironic because they're owned by the Chinese. <laughs> that, that is truly ironic. Yeah. All right, Clinton. Well, hey, man, uh, we appreciate everything you guys are doing. Godspeed uh, on your travels back to Ottawa. And uh, we can't tell you how much we appreciate it. Thanks very much for your time, guys. And if uh, things open up here on the border, I got some really epic spots here on the Rocky Mountains for some elk hunts. So, uh, let Did me, you say for let elk hunts? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. All right. We'll say hey, We can trade. <laughs> if you want to come down to Texas and go deer hunting, hog hunting, javelina hunting, et cetera, um, we, can, uh, we can do both. So. Well, we'll see how all of this works out. I might just be coming to Texas, period, boys. Like. <laughs> right on. <laughs> awesome. Hey, thanks again, Clinton. We appreciate it, man. We appreciate you guys helping get the word out. And uh, to everybody else that's looking, listening, watching, if you're on the fence, you, 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 there's not much more to think about than freedom of choice and if you have children you want them to have choice whether they make good ones or bad ones like you that's on them but cho choice is all we have left really and uh if if we give that up then then you know we're we're, we're we are ran by the government and we're made yep. right so you know get your flag on your vehicle get out there and hunt your horn smile stop being zombies just smile, touch people, hug. Like life, life isn't as bad as they portray it on mainstream media. Mm -hmm. It's not. It's and my whole perspective on the world has changed in the last two weeks. I am back to normal. I am happy. Get out there with the people, man. It's a good time. Right on, brother. All right, take you care, guys, Clinton. Take care. Appreciate you. Safe, safe travels. Good luck hunting, boys. Take care of those kids. You too, man. Will do. Well, that was awesome, Chisholm. Finally got yeah, our uh, Freedom Convoy representative on Justified Pursuit. Great guy. That's our second Canadian, and uh, we're batting a 1,000 on just awesome, salt-of-the-earth fellow hunter, family men, badass dudes. Uh, he and Michael Hunter, mm -hmm. the hunter chef, right? Yeah. Um, I can't say it enough, man, that what those folks are doing is uh, – I hope to God that history recognizes the massive importance of this moment and what those guys are doing. Um, it'll only be the case if we stop the slide of tyranny, because if we end up in a tyrannical, you know, authoritarian regime, which we're on the brink of, then they'll, uh, they'll all be tarred and feathered as insurrectionists. <laughs> um, yeah. But, you know, like I've said too, the, what, there was, there's really nobody else that could do it. There's really nobody else from the private sector who could make this kind of impact. Tractor trailers jamming up the major arteries of the capital of a country just by sitting there. Yeah. Uh, you, you, there's no other, no other way to do that. I think yeah. my favorite line that he said was towards the end, and I, I asked him, you know, how long are you guys going to do this? And he said, well, what do I have to go home for? Like, what's the point? I'll be moving yep. to Mexico if this doesn't work. Yep. Those guys view it as the fight of their lifetimes, and I do too. They're right. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes I feel guilty that uh, I'm not out doing more than than just this show. But um, Well, you live in Texas too, so it's like a different, it's a part. It's a different world. And we are doing something, man. I mean, uh, you know. We're trying. We, yeah, we're, we're, we're trying. I mean, I, dude, there's a, 
it's certainly possible that I could lose my job from having done this podcast with you. So yeah, it's not like we're not taking risks. Yeah. Censored I didn't Instagram. drag you into this kicking and screaming, by the way. I'm not saying you did. I'm yeah. here of my own volition. <laughs> uh, meme of the week. <laughs> if I do lose my job, we're going to have to figure out how to monetize this bitch. Tell you that much. <laughs> we haven't, we've only lost money so far. <laughs> but that's okay. We're not in it for the dollars. Uh, meme of the week in parting here. It's time for the meme of the week. Brought to you by Pfizer. It's a picture of a i'm assuming mexican or maybe guatemalan honduran i don't know but it says confused migrant sneaks across across rio grande instead of taking free government flight to us <laughs> thanks uh, to the babylon b for that gold yeah <laughs> babylon b is the best man. still need to get into the uh the migrants that are just showing up in pennsylvania and all over uh the uh the United States under the cover of darkness at small airports so that no one knows about it. I did throw a link to one of those stories uh, in the last episode show notes. So excellent. Excellent. All right. Well, for Chisholm cook, I'm cable Smith. Thank you for tuning into episode 65 of justified pursuit. You know what? Damn it. I forgot to ask uh, Clinton, you know, GoFundMe stole like 5 million. Some it's more than that. A lot of money. Ten. Ten yeah, million dollars that had raised. been given to the Freedom Convoy and they're 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 just they, locking it up. Not they tried to it. steal it. They tried to steal it and say they were gonna choose a they were gonna keep the money and choose an appropriate nonprofit to give it to. And the inevitable backlash that they then received, they like within twenty four hours changed course and said, We're just gonna refund it back to these people. How can you just so the money's give all it gone back to these to people? A, like, There's a new give away your ten million dollars. There's a different one that's like a. I can't believe we forgot to bring this up. So what is you? Yeah, look that up real quick. I'll keep talking. Made a note of it, but there's Uh, a there's a new. There's another one of those GoFundMe type organizations. I'm gonna have to try to find that's actually committed to giving them the money. Yeah, because eventually they you know they can't stay there forever and not have some income. Like he said, they're they're having to come and go to, to pay the bills. Yep. And what if, yeah, and if you're one of the guys that's in the middle jammed up, you can't get in or out of there. Yeah, 100%. Oh, dude, uh, even all that aside, um, I would just give them money because they're awesome. Give, me. send, go. Give, okay. send, go.com. G-I-V-E-S-E-N-D-G-O.com uh, slash Freedom Convoy 2022. Uh, as of, this was like probably yes, uh, February, yeah, yesterday, Jack Pozovic reported that they had hit $6 million. Um, so yeah, if you want to help out the freedom convoy, go to give sin go. Cause they have said that every dollar will go to those guys. Yeah. Well, that would have been a major omission. So I'm glad that we remembered that at the 11th hour uh, for Chisholm cook. I'm cable Smith. Thank you guys for tuning in to justified pursuit. We will see you next week. Freedom. Sometimes your words just hypnotize me And I just love your flashy ways I guess that's why they're broken You're so fake uh, Baby, baby, uh-huh. can't you see uh-huh. Sometimes your words just hypnotize me And I just love your flashy ways uh-huh. I guess that's why they're broken You're so fake uh-huh. I can fill you with real millionaire shit. That's cargo, my cargo. Mm-hmm. 160, on. swiftly. Wreck it by your new one. The crew run, run, run. The crew, crew run, run, run. I know you sick of this name brand. Nigga with flows, girl, say he's sweet like nigga with.